but it's it's neat. I, I don't know. I think it's kind of neat. Oh, man, I'm such a weird. Hermit. Do you like this hermit, new dude. world of like video game announcements better? Yeah, I'm very comfortable with this. I'm like, I don't want to have to leave. Just send it all to me. Fuck you. I mean, it's definitely made doing our show a lot more convenient. Yeah. Right. You know. I miss this you guys. I, kinda, I miss you guys, but not really. I'm <laughs> <laughs> seeing you right now. You know, it's great. It's a See, fun time. Seeing you right now. I'm seeing you right now. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Emergent Gamer Podcast, episode 265. I am one of your hosts, Trip Zero. We're here with Neo Aoshi. Yeah, what's up? And Felix Hergood. Felix Hergood. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? <laughs> um, Bring in the energy. Yeah, Bring in the energy. Really uh, tonight on the show, we are going to be discussing um, some topics from the most recent dc fandom event there was a couple gaming things they talked about but that's going to lead into a discussion about uh conventions in the pandemic the way we convention conventioning with all this bullshit in the world going on and how it's changed things in 2020 so i'm real excited for uh for that but let's start off like we kind of do with a little bit of catch-up um i personally have uh, not been doing anything this week um Besides watching myself on the Emerging Gamer Podcast YouTube. So, fun fact, subscribe if you haven't. Go to the YouTube. Uh, search us. We're so, so, so close to 100. Uh, I think we need, like, what? Like, less than 10 people at this like, point? Like, it's well, so yeah, close. Like, and then we can make the links so much easier for you to find. So, yeah. go to YouTube, Emerging Gamer Podcast, and that you can find recaps. You can find breakouts. You can find the whole shows. All kinds of stuff on there. Um, remember, and, remember yeah, that's we, can't, we can't stress enough that if you are already subscribed... This doesn't grow unless you tell people you know who are gaming fans who want to listen to our show. So it's true. You know that's how we find people. Tell your friends. Yeah, and your mom, and and your mom. Tell your mom. Your mother. Hey, so <laughs> tell your mother I said hello. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> isn't that isn't that what Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. He's like. What does he say? Say hi to your mother for me. Say hi to your mother for me. Say hi to your mother for me. Love <laughs> the Emerging Gamer Podcast. Talking to the goat. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Do you guys want to get caught up on anything? What you've been doing this week? Hell, since uh, our last discussion with uh, with Lock and Key about Apple versus Epic. Because uh, I got no updates. I've been living my life in Breath of the Wild still. I mean, updates about what I've I've read about Apple versus Epic? or No, no. Just updates with your life. I was saying since we talked last about that discussion. Anything uh, new and oh. exciting in the world of Felix are good? Yeah, you uh, said you had something close. No, the only thing that I'm doing because of this exciting DC fandom news, like, is I started rewatching I'm starting to get re caught up on all those DC TV shows that that they're doing. You know, uh, to to update you trip so in other people who might not be aware of this. Sure. Um Andy Machete, <laughs> who is the director of the Batman has pretty much for the most part said in an interview, and he might've done this during the fandom event, or he might've done it at some other point, but he has basically said that the goal and intention of Jeff Johns over at DC is that they're trying to attempt a mul- uh, at least for the film universe, a multiverse, like an attempt to acknowledge that every Batman you've seen on screen is a part of, is an extant thing. It's not like a reset every time. It's not like this Batman, you know, the Val Kilmer Batman is the new Batman. The idea is they're going to they're going to try to acknowledge all the the incongruity with the fact mm-hmm. that they've made three jokers and like, you know, four batmans and a bunch of supermans and you know that kind of stuff. Um they're, they're all saying they exist together but separately in their own universes. Right. Correct. And that's exactly the reason why this is exciting is because that's exactly what they did to fix to basically retcon or fix the mistakes they made of like writing in so many different directions throughout the 
you know, 30 or 40 year span of DC comics. So back in the, I think it was in the eighties or was it in the nineties? Uh, Neo, do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. The crisis crisis. of infinite earths event was a comic book event where this is how they righted the wrong of, of basically the fact that they had so many different writers throughout the years who were writing different Batman arcs and different Superman arcs and, and things like that. So they basically said, we can't, they're basically saying we can't get our shit together. So we're going to just say all the shit is together. We need a reset button. We need a reset button. <laughs> yeah. And this is the way we can write the reset button into the story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah what's up? But he basically, he's the director of the, he's not the Andy Machete. I made a mistake is not the director of the Batman movie. I said the Batman, that's someone entirely different. I, he's the director of the flashpoint movie. That's what I, that's why oh, it's gotcha, important. Gotcha. Cause flashpoint is about acknowledging multiverse, uh, a multiverse. Right. Um, so it's pretty exciting that they're going to try to attempt that with the uh, DC universe. And we already saw evidence of this happening. Kind of. I mean, I think they did it for fan service, but I was watching the flash show during the crisis of they infinite earth. Yeah. So in the flash show, in the flash show though, Ezra Miller, the actor from the film playing the flash showed up in the flash TV show. And that's, so that's a crossover of film and television. We don't know if that's really going to happen. But it looks like they're trying to bring it all together, and it's it's pretty exciting, and that's why this event was incredibly exciting as well. Sure. Um, I wanted to kind of pick your brain, Felix, about this, and you you can also weigh in uh, as well, Neo, being like a comic book fan. Um, this kind of like let's give people a story and a framework for these stories to me makes sense for a comic, but can be a slippery slippery slope. Excuse me for a, for a film or or for a series of films. Um, do you think they're making more work for themselves instead of just saying like, look, it's a movie. It was a different time, just a representation of Batman. Enjoy it for what it is. Don't think too hard about it because once they start tying it together, even like loosely by saying like, they're all together, but different in a different universe. Can't that just make more of a mess than just letting it exist? So I think part of what they did over the weekend and what they've been doing for like the past couple of years with the DC stuff is they're trying to ease the idea onto the viewer like the mainstream viewer not just the 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 avid comic book reader enjoying the shows they're trying to introduce the idea that yes we can have two flashes in the movies right like you can have the flash of the movies and then you can have your tv show flash and that's okay then putting ezra miller in that tv show is literally showing the viewer or the average person hey look there are two flashes there are two people that can play this role at the same time you don't have to be confused by it they exist in their own in their own world they're they're sharing their their uh they're sharing the the tv space but without crossing their storyline streams and the reason they have but the reason they have to do this is because marvel established that everything's supposed to be connected i mean to be honest with you marvel didn't do it well but like they they did it well with the films but they didn't they claimed that they were doing it with the TV show and then they failed at it. But the it point very, is, very loose. right. It yeah, was yeah. real bad. But like, the point is, is Marvel established that every and game of Thrones established and like any show that has intertextual uh, connections, you know, like going from this season to this scene season will, will, you know, to, to us in the modern conversation surrounding media, we all assume there's something beyond the borders of the show. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're so used to interstitial television where you're watching this this uh, season, then you're watching the next season. It's not like they made Westworld season one and then made it not connect at all to Westworld season two, right? We're always expecting there to be a connection. And DC got trapped because they didn't do that fast enough or well enough. And they, they basically, basically failed at beating Marvel to market for that. Disney Marvel sure. took them to market, did it well or ex- uh, did it better executed it perfectly did a 10-year thing of it and dc was like halfway through that 10 years going trying to figure out okay how do we pull this all together and then getting they, they huge, rushed it super hard. huge yeah. amounts of backlash for it they now they know right. we failed um and i think the only way we're going to fix this is to accept the fact or make it clear to all the audience members that that's how we're going to do it now it is a big multiverse mm-hmm. that might cross over occasionally but there's no guarantee it will. And it's okay that we have a Joker who is a depressed sociopath who isn't in the world of Batman at all and murders some guy on TV. And that's the the movie. I mean, 
<laughs> right, <laughs> right. It's okay that we did that. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, but like so they're, one thing they're they, really doing this uh, for the ben- oh, um, I just sorry. Well, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I just want to clarify. They're, they're really doing this for the benefit of like the overzealous potential viewer who's going to demand connection, oh. but doesn't know how to just watch a movie. But that's like sixty percent of the people who are. Yeah. I mean, but, but look, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't. I don't need I'm Ezra liberal. Miller's. I don't need Ezra Miller's Flash movie to connect with the Batman of Robert Pattis- Patterson. I don't need that. And one sure. thing that they were elaborating during the fandom was these movies can exist standalone and they don't have to connect. Ben Affleck is reprising his role as Batman for the Flash movie. They're bringing Michael Keaton in as an older Batman as well for the Flash movie. Like they're they are literally showing us that it doesn't matter. We can have our own continuities within these movies. Aquaman may still connect. The Aquaman two may still connect with the Flash and the Justice League style movies, but Robert Pattinson's Batman may just be the gritty detective story that people want from like a Batman story, right? So, so it is like you, we can we can have all these these types of movies and still enjoy them for their own merits. Even if you can get your connected experience with the Justice League and you can get your standalone experience with Robert Pattinson's Batman or whatever. So, so it is exactly what you're saying, Trip Zero. You asked the question, why can't movies just be these standalone things? They can't sure. because Marvel already did 10 years. That's, that's, right. that's why they can't. Marvel I set a it, precedent. You, I don't know if you can like chase that at this point. Like, because Marvel, Marvel did it. They took their time. They did it right. Like, they, they did the movies better. The first, this, they're, they're the first people in the world to do what they did, right? Like, they made this 30-movie journey, and they took their time with it. GC didn't do that. They they rushed too fast. They they tried they to pulled, catch up. They tried to catch up. They tried to, you know, pull the gun. What is it? They jumped the gun, right? Like a little too little too hard. But now if they just kind of breathe and take their time with their stories, we can probably get that experience again if they just calm down with the with the rush to the finish line, right? Yeah, they could do it. There could yeah. there could be insular stories that connect and that's fine, but we they have to train the audience to understand that doesn't all need to be connected anymore for sure i think i think this this next year like what we're going to see is going to be that a step in that direction especially with robert pattinson's batman because he is not going to be connected to any of the other stories he is that is just going to be a batman detective noir story i mean to me it 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 literally literally looks like it's going to be a crossover between like seven and a batman story (laughs) yeah yeah that's dude i mean like i know we're a game podcast but that trailer looked real cool it looked real dark and like i know dc's dark and gritty but it looks like the right tone of dark like like they're nailing a like murder detective mystery style with batman which is what batman generally is in the comics like yeah, that's what he's when he's not years when he's not with the justice league doing galactic shit or, you know fighting you know uh the titans or whatever no i don't know uh fucking dark side he's in his city solving murders with wacko you know crazy villains like you know the riddler and penguin and mob bosses like that's a that's a good batman story right there right yeah so uh, with that being said the trailer talk. Are we ready to kind of scoot on into sure. the fandom itself and the, some of the game news? Yeah, definitely. You guys are ready. So fill me in because I only know peripherally. I know there were two games. Tell me what happened. I'm going to tell you what. We'll talk about the convention experience. I'll let going Neo uh, take this one home. Oh, yeah. I'm going to walk you guys through this. So uh, WB Montreal for like the past like year and a half or two years has been teasing this game announcement for like a real long time, being all cryptic and and shit with their with their tweets and, you know, subtlety. We finally got to see it. And uh, it is Gotham Knights. Um, And what this game is, it's it's a four player. Sorry, it's a two player co-op game where you can play as one or of four different bat family characters. The trailer sh- starts off showing that like Bruce Wayne, if you're getting this message, then I'm dead. So he's dead. Batwoman, Yeah. Batgirl, uh, Robin, Nightwing and red hood. The four playable characters are, are he's essentially sending a message to saying, Hey, step up. It's your time to save the city or whatever. Batman is dead. Batman is dead. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't think he's dead. <laughs> I don't think he's dead. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. I'm gonna tell you right now. Spoiler alert! I haven't played anything. He's not dead. We're months away from the game being released. (laughs) He's he's not dead. I'll tell you some theories. I mean, after I describe the trailer, well, it essentially just shows the it just shows off the character doing the characters doing all kinds of cool martial arts stuff. Uh, Kind of combat looks kind of close to the uh, 
the Batman Arkhamverse that we're very familiar with. Looked real um, close. Looked very real, close, real yeah. close, yeah. Yeah, they had a they had like a five four minute trailer, like a cinematic trailer showing the like introducing the game. Then they had like a seven, eight minute gameplay demo uh that shows off Batgirl gameplay. Um and it starts off with her on on a bat bike on a motorcycle, driving through the city kinda like Arkham Knight, you know, when he's in his his car, you know, barreling down the streets. She leaps off of it just like you did in the game, and uh she's on a rooftop and you infiltrate a area do lots of martial arts and combat and stealth combat just to get in. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, Felix, did you, did you, what did you think of this? Well, I watched that first. I didn't even know there, right. there this uh, cinematic trailer existed. And I'm glad I did because I, dude, I'm, I'm wet for it. Like, I think I'm, it's, it's a great idea. A hundred percent. Well, a team, here, a team up the, game. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like, I've always wanted the Arkham games to have someone else to fight alongside with. It just makes sense, right? Um, speaking of, I the thing I was going to tell you, I, I'm doing as I started playing all the Arkham games again. <laughs> well, why not? Get your hype. It yeah. gets you hype. Right? It got me really hype. So I'm I'm playing through Arkham Origins right now, and then I'm going to do Asylum, and then I'm going to do City, and then I'm going to do. Uh, night nights just go through them there's four, Very cool. four games i'm just playing story i'm not getting every single collectible because i did all that i already got the trophies for that um but like that's what i noticed immediately um that the game in terms of how it played it played in in the combat style of those previous games uh, and that's incredibly important if you're a fan of those games this game looks like it's going to play exactly like those games with the gadget combat where yeah. no, not unlike the Spider-Man game that was just released by PS4 recently. Um, right. Uh, but the coolest thing is you could be doing it alongside a buddy of yours. I saw like combo tactics that you and your friend can do where one bounces off the other to like kick the shit out of some dudes and, and, and yeah, they, combos. They, yeah. They alley-oop each other. Like, with, <laughs> yeah, with it. yeah, it's, like, it's super cool. like a layup and shit. So I was, I was pretty damn excited about it. Um, the only thing I'd worry about, and you, you had spoken about this to an extent, Neo, your theories on what they might do with it. I don't want it to be like the Avengers game. I don't want it to be something where I have to grind and grind and grind. Uh, I just want to do it like I did it in the previous games, which is just unlock skills and like add points to things. I just, you know, I'm worried about that, man. I yeah, just, my, my prediction for it is because one thing that we did see in the gameplay demo was uh, enemies had like levels above their head and there are damage numbers when, when landing punches in the, in, on enemies. Well, there, so I'm playing Origins right now and Origins was created by WB Games and that game has that, but it's not. It has, they, have, they have enemy levels. So yeah, I don't remember you, that. You have a level. Batman has a level and you level up and unlock points to put into skills. And then when you're fighting people, you get a game score when you, when you win. The score I remember. The score is, yeah. that's the combo score though, right? That's, that's how long you can hit those combo, those combo multipliers. Right, and right, you can, right, right. You mix up your gadget usage and then you, it increases your combos. Oh, you're higher, saying that right? the enemies that was, had, um, you couldn't just beat up. They had like, like health like bars? distinct power levels and damage numbers. A la RPGs is what uh, I'm saying. So they're integrating an RPG like mechanic into the game is what, is what I'm saying. That might, that might make it shitty. So my concern is, is this is going to be like, you're sitting in the back cave with your four characters and you have a bunch of points on the map. Oh no, there's a bank robbery over here. Mr. Freeze is over here. Mr. Penguins over here doing penguin <laughs> shit. Pick, pick your mission, load into the mission with your friend, and now you have a live service game where you just there's just like endless stuff to do, right? You're just grinding for levels and 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 stuff. I don't know if there's going to be a gear system that has not been revealed. There has been revealed. I've seen different costumes for Batgirl. They've shown different. There was two costumes for her at least that we've seen. Uh, one in in the cinematic and like two in the in the demo. I think. Either way. That's just a slight concern that I have um, because Trip, I know a lot of people. Trip, what's yeah. the uh, what's the the bike or the hovercraft thing that you ride around on in fucking Destiny? What's that? Oh, a sparrow. Sparrow, like yeah. like like the fucking bat bike is really just like the sparrow of the fucking game. <laughs> kind of like you're you're just. <laughs> Pull out the mode of transportation, warp around somewhere, and get there faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it could be. the world's big enough. You need something Ar to get you around faster. Yeah. In Arkham Knight, you hit a button on your controller, and it summons the car. 
like it pretty much just drives up to you right and then batman just auto hops in the car like that's what he uh, yeah, that's what that is true that is true so it, it works it like literally can happen like you can i'm not do saying that. it's a bad thing uh you know i mean yeah. like like it's all about what your theme is and what you support you know trips into space shit i'm into comic book shit i am indeed in space sure. but but like i said I, I can't do the fucking grind of another like rpg bullshit game i just can't you know if like, they execute this it's it it's all depends on execution right there is a, a good safe middle ground for them to make this work like really well and be fun I can tell you right now, I'm already excited for it because I like the idea of playing as these four characters and doing more Arkham stuff with a friend, right? Like, I love that idea. That's fantastic. I think it's it's great. But if it turns into a grindy nightmare, kind of like how I feel like Avengers is looking, I, I might just nope out. Like, because yeah. I, I don't, I, I want the story. I like the story of the Arkham games, right? Now, granted, these are not related to the Arkham series at all. This is 100% not in the Arkham universe. They have announced that. By the way, I thought I, I think I should make that. Yeah, clear. they announced it. Yep. All right, cool. Just want to make sure if, if you knew that, Felix. Now, one thing that they did tease at the end of this was the uh, Court of the Owls, which is a huge storyline in the Batman series. Yeah, they're probably the main antagonist. They might be the ones that killed Batman. Right, and now this is also why I don't think Batman's dead. <laughs> right. I think I think he fa- he's faking his own death to infiltrate the Court of Owls, but that's neither here nor there. That's just some. <laughs> that's just, that's just me speculating, and we'll see him come into the game later. Mister Theory, like Mister Theory, he's infiltrated. I like so I got gotta make some gotta make some uh, predictions, right? You gotta gotta put it out there. That's and if a, I'm sol- wrong, that's hell a yeah. solid prediction. I'm 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 I'm, liking, so. I'm liking that prediction. That's a good one. One doesn't just kill the Batman. You just you don't just kill him. He's either in a different dimension or he's off doing space shit. <laughs> one does not. Like, one Hero. does not just kill the Batman. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't kill the Batman. All right. Um, so the, the next game was this game is by Rocksteady. So this is this is a continuation of the Arkham universe as as they announced. Oh, they've announced that. Yeah, they said this was a continuation of that. So, uh, no. Why are you upset now? Before I get any further, why this are you one looks that? like a piece of shit service game, and I'm fucking really suspicious of it. And I'll tell you right now, it probably is a, a live service game. I don't know if it's gonna be a piece of shit yet, but. But it just, We're yeah, just uh, tell them all the shit that you're doing in it. Oh. So, so, I mean, it's, it, we just saw a CG trailer for this. Um, a few things that I did like about it was the atmosphere. We're in Metropolis now. Um, and it's daytime. So it's a very counter, counter tone to the Arkham games, which is, are constantly at night in, in Gotham City, which is dirty and gross. And, you know, that's just the, the setting of Gotham. Right. But in this case, we have, all right, one thing I liked about the trailer was, they showed you Brainiac's big skull in the background. First thing, pretty cool. Lots of little Easter eggs in this trailer. They show you a little Harley Quinn, little boomerang action, uh, King Shark, and Deadshot. Um, they've yeah. already messed. Yeah, you know what I think? I don't think I watched this. You know, the only thing I watched from fandom is I watched the Suicide Squad reveal for the movie, which was not a. Tra- it was just like a behind the scenes yeah, thing. Yeah, I haven't seen the trailer for this. Go ahead. It's pretty good. Um, they they have a lot of banter back and forth, and you, there's lots of Easter eggs in this. And what ends up happening is is Amanda Waller calls them as they're just chilling on this rooftop, and uh, she says, "We have your first target." And then they go, "Who is it?" And then they turn around, and Superman shows up, and he's holding a soldier, and you watch him just disintegrate the soldier. Oh, and and he's he's all evil, and then they introduce the title, which is Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Right. And uh, I knew funny, the title. There's a lot of comedy to it because after he he hits that guy, uh, Captain Boomerang throws a boomerang and it like bounces off his head. It's pretty, pretty funny. I oh, thought I'll it was good. good joke. You should, yeah, you should watch it because it's uh, it's pretty. Uh, I think it's got. It could be fun if you watch the Harley Quinn show. It, it reminds me of the humor from the Harley Quinn animated show. But all I which s- is all I saw of this good. game, I never saw that trailer. All I saw of this game was the breakdown of the types of game modes that are going to be in. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was like, fuck. Because it's not yeah, so, going to be like previous Rocksteady games. It's going to be a fucking grind-a-thon. That's what it looks like. It's it's a four-player multiplayer game where if you're not playing with other people, you have AI that replaces them. So either your friends are joining you as these characters or you have AI squad. Um, and it sounds like it's going to be very much like you'll have certain chapters that you'll be hunting the big three, uh, which like Wonder Woman... 
Um, B- Batman's not in it because he's dead in Arkham in Arkham canon as a, uh, per the end of spoilers, per the end of Arkham Knight. Um, <laughs> sorry, you can't kill Batman though, Trip Zero. You can't kill him. He's, he's not probably not dead. He's not. Whatever dead. you guys say, I'm, I'll just believe it. I have no <laughs> idea what's happening. So the big three, I'm going to. Oh no. Those are the big three. And then you have all the tertiary characters, like other Justice League members, which I'm sure they'll throw in, like Aquaman and all your other your other big ones. Um but yeah, those are gonna be like your boss fights. Like you're gonna be playing that, that, this is this is just my guess. We did it's not coming out until twenty twenty two. It's a good guess, yeah. So this is not up your alley. You don't feel like playing as no, Harley no, Quinn man. or I, well, I, Captain Boomerang? Sure, I probably do, but like I don't wanna do it in in a four-person cooperative, yeah, I don't want, want to be, I don't, I, story experience, right, Felix? Right. You want like a just by yourself, I, well-crafted right. missions, explore a city, do your own thing. Don't wait for someone else or a computer AI character to to do a bullshit mission with you. Essentially, yeah, I don't want to mm-hmm. have to wait for my friends to join me. I don't want to find out that I can't fight Superman because I don't have the rest of the Ju- Justice League helping me, and I can't play the story. I don't want to have to go, hey. uh, uh, you know, who X friend, Y friend and Z friend, please get together with me so we can fight Superman tonight. And then they tell one, one of my friends says, Oh, by the way, I got to take care of my baby, my newborn. And my other friend says, <laughs> I'm tired because I just worked until like fucking seven o'clock at night. And my other friends just, you know, off, like looking at the clouds, you know, when I'm playing the game with them and they're not supporting me as I'm trying to su- fight Superman, you know, like or hashtag gamer problems. Well, no, it's, it's that, these characters, no, I mean, it's, it's, these characters totally right, right? these characters in these stories are important to me and i don't want this kind of like fucking model planning on on them you know this this kind of sales model you're okay you're okay with the idea of the gotham knights game being a cooperative experience yeah i'm okay with a cooperative experience like that's t- i'm hoping the gotham knights game becomes like um what's the what am i talking about um the warriors game where it's like two people cooperative just beating up people running around the city that would be fun. Gotcha. Right. But, but like, if, if, if there's, there's a business model in there to like buy stupid skins and like, you know. Oh, you know, there's going to be for these characters. Right. And then, these, char- these characters are right for it. Harley Quinn's got like 20 outfits already. You know what I mean? Pro- probably. What Deadshot armor can you get for Deadshot? Like, right. But I already have a game like that, that does that. I already have a game that does that in Justice 2. You know? Right. I can right. grind for gear in that. And, and I have a feeling. Fun. This game, this game, Suicide Squad, will be closer to the Avengers game model, right? Specifically, which is turning me the fuck off. That's closer, <laughs> closer than than Gotham Knights is, because Good. I think potentially Gotham Knights can go in a different direction. But uh, again, uh, I, I don't, we don't know. I'm just guessing, but yeah, Suicide Squad does seem like, and it's a, it's a, it's a they called it a third person shooter. So if that's a fun game, what's for a third person shooter? A third-person shooter. This game is going to be a third-person shooter, so it is Destiny. It might be in some <laughs> variation. So Harley Quinn's going to not use a bat at all. She's just going to be using her pistol. Oh, there, there might be melee involved. She oh, can throw her bat. Can do that. We'll find out. She yeah. can throw her bat just repeatedly. <laughs> it's it's Bound, you know it's, it off it's, she has a lot of bats. She carries a lot of bats on her. All right. Well, we'll find the fuck out. <laughs> This game's so uh, far off. The, the no Suicide Squad game, I think, has probably been in development longer than this Avengers game. So, do you think the Avengers game was like a quick, like reactionary move to get a game out first um, that did the well, same Chris, thing? Crystal Dynamics has been working on it for a while. They skipped the last Tomb Raider game. They didn't work on the last Tomb Raider game. Oh, wow. since since so like Tomb Raider reboot two came out. And I believe even during that development, they they were shifting team members over to start the Avengers game. Okay. So, oh God, I don't even know. When did that Tomb Raider game come out? Like, I don't even remember. But Rocksteady seems like they've been working on nothing but a game since, because uh, there's been rumors about a Superman game. Uh, you know, that was, uh, that was rumored, yeah. Right after- this Suicide Squad is the rumored game because Superman's in it. No, I know that. But, like, it seems like they've been lo- working on that longer than I even heard about Marvel Avengers, but... Oh, yeah. Rise of the Tomb Raider came out in 2015. So they've definitely been working on it since then. At least that year. Um, same with, uh, same with um, Rocksteady. 2015 was the year that their last Batman game came out. 
So their team was already definitely pivoted completely over to both mm-hmm. respectively. These, these games have been worked on the same exact amount of time. More or less. Well, I guess we'll More see when less. it all comes out, and I'll see what I'm playing at that time to see if I even want to bother with it. <laughs> yeah, like we said, we got we to see more gameplay for this. I would love some deep dives in the mechanics for at least the Gotham Knights game. Definitely the Suicide Squad game, because this is going to be like a pick a point on the map and then do a mission with your friends, then go back out of the mission. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, lots to, lot to know, a lot to find out for lots sure. Lots of motion blur that makes me sick after five hours mm, of playing the uh-huh. game, probably. 100%. But I will tell you, I'm more excited for the Gotham Knights game. Same, 100%. Same here. Same here. Bad family all day. Like I would play with those those guys all day. Mm-hmm. They're they're awesome. Yeah. But those that is the DC fandom announcements. Yeah. Let's bring uh, nice. let's bring Trip Zero back into the conversation here. Yeah. Well, yeah, I we think, missed you. Uh, it's fine. It's it's all fine. Do you have any, que- okay. do you have any questions about the games? No. Um, it all it all sounds very fun, but of course we still have to hear a lot more about the um the Suicide Squad one, and uh, we'll see how the other one kind of pans out as we get closer uh, to release. They look. They look fantastic. They look fun. I'm excited for fans of those of those properties. And you, did, more you never play. played any of the Arkham games. Like, no, never no. did. I heard they were great, and I'm I'm not opposed to it. It just I've never gotten around to it. Subject yeah. matter wise, they're lower down on my right, on my right, list. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but Arkham Arkham Asylum is a fantastic Metroidvania game. Just straight up, it really is. Just the first one. Yeah, like it's just a perfect experience. Like if you got five hours, boom, play that game. You can beat it. Now worry about it on the side stuff. It's great. One so, day when I'm doing nothing but catching up on, on game shit, they'll get popped in. You might love sure. Batman. After this. You might be like, huh? I've been, I've been missing out on the, this, uh, this year, Batman well, guy. I mean, they're to the point. Now, Stranger things have happened. They're, uh, completely available on game pass. I don't even know if you have oh, nice. game pass. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. I think it'd be dumb not to have Game Pass, to they, be honest. They remade but them. It's a uh, they, yeah, so good. They remade and re-released um, Return to Arkham and Return to Arkham City, which are the, the two original games of the series. And you, and you nice. can get those uh, in Game Pass right now, along with Arkham Knight, I believe, as well, is in Game Pass. So. so yeah, if you're listening out there, check them out. You want to get more into the Batman. But I think a fun place to take this conversation next is to the convention itself. Because DC Fandom uh, was, you were saying earlier before the show, Felix, it wasn't actually called Fandom, but this was an actual event, an in-person event that they've shifted to an all-online experience. But the question and this I- is not the first time this has happened in 2020 because of a lot of very obvious things, uh, not least of which the global fucking pandemic. Right? <laughs> this has forced a lot of. Uh, of ambiguity and how these events are happening. A lot of like shifting at last minute, a lot of like redoing plans, uh, just, just scrambling to have some kind of semblance of normality to, to what have become some very important yearly kind of uh, cadences for, for people in the gaming industry to release information, news updates, things like that. And a lot of it now has been shifting to fully online and people have handled that experience with more or less various degrees of, uh, of success. I, Felix. I just had a question of, clarity that i'm not understanding because maybe i should have like looked this specific up throwing out barring from the conversation what people had to do uh for the global pandemic right Mm -hmm. in order to keep people safe was the event something that was extant in another form prior to global pandemic was it called dc fandom as an event that you went to i don't know in other words, I like, actually don't know. Did did DC have a habit like Disney has done with D23, like um, Comic-Con, where there's a yearly convention where people can dress up as DC characters and go all out DC, and it's called DC Fandom. Does that exist? I'm thinking it probably I, does. It sounds like it does. So I here's what I, I think. Normally, they use San Diego Comic-Con oh, so to announce all these. Ooh, I see. Do you know what I mean? Like, like even Marvel, Disney, they all they all took part in the Comic Con experience normally, which was allowed would allow them to have panels, show off new trailers, do all these these fun things for their for their fans. Right? We didn't have San Diego Comic Con this year. They right, did right, Comic Con right. tried to do an online event, and I don't know anybody who tuned into it because I don't think the panels were there. I, I don't think they had they they didn't bring in like the uh, the celeb cred that they usually have with. Uh, with the, the San Diego Comic-Con experience. Yeah, the, the, I think DZ... This is a reaction. This is definitely a reaction. DC, yeah. 
looking up, I didn't find anything either, Felix. I think this exists. Yeah. This is the first year a the DC FanDom virtual experience has existed. Yeah. Now keep in mind, uh, WB and was purchased by like AT and T. Like took the licensing for all this, and DC and HBO have been teaming up this past year for all of their like media connections. Like last year, DC tried to introduce a um, their own media streaming service that that uh, pretty much didn't take off the way they expected it to. So HBO Max is now essentially like DC's. DC's seems like, like it's going to start absorbing service, absorbing right. the content yeah. from that DC membership that people are I don't know why they just didn't right. cannibalize that or absorb that membership into the HBO Max membership like they still have right. it as a separate Which I thing think it, I think it is it might be soon I, I, but I'll yeah, tell you what I, I, think. Well, I immediately searched for something that I didn't find in HBO Max, and I was shocked in the first week that I had it, which was a couple months back. I searched immediately for the old uh, Batman show. Uh, what was it called? Um, the the, the anime series? Yeah, the Batman anime series. series, yeah. So I searched for that, and that didn't exist in HBO Max. But all of the episodes of that are definitely in the DC uh, membership. So like right. I don't really know what they were what they were doing with that. And eventually I think it might just max It's absorb- also confusing now. Yeah, it's very confusing, but like things are, things are to, bring back to, sure. to bring it back to gaming, um this year was the uh, like the first year we didn't get an E3. So beginning of the year, we saw Sony actually before the pandemic like became like a real thing. Sony was the first people, the first ones that went, Hey, we're just going to pull out this year. We're not going to even do it. We can do our own thing. So it sounds like to me that they were already ready to just showcase whenever they felt like showcasing, because I believe that a lot of these companies, and I think we've proven it now throughout the course of this year, that a lot of these companies don't really need these live events. Now I'm not talking about comic con itself. I'm talking about video games, the video game industry. They can deliver their own message in their own way with their own on their own time frame. They don't have to go. Well, let's. We get, June is the time limit because E three is June, and we have to get all of our stuff ready to show off there. Trip, what's up? It's just a. Uh, it's funny that E three was kind of like the catalyst for a lot of this stuff, regardless of a pandemic happening. You know, and that's probably a, a fun thing to, to dive into a little bit later on the show would it have happened like what have we would have shifted as aggressively as we have with or without the pandemic but this was traced back to at least 2019 when e3 leaked like the entire contact list of people attending the event content creators like their personal information address phone numbers um people were kind of really out on the e3 experience not just for the way they've been handling stuff like that like personal information but also for you know the fact that the entire convention is turning into like another consumer convention not so much the industry must attend event every year you know it just becoming like public can buy tickets they can show up there play a demo early and everyone goes home you know you don't need to be there to find out information to connect to network so people were already pulling out of that experience and like you just said sony announced that we're just going to be doing our own thing which kind of led to a snowball of other companies doing the same thing that dovetailed really nicely with people not allowed to leave their homes they had no choice right like there was there was no place else physically to show off their new stuff like they needed to they need to pivot pretty hard and quickly in order to, for this to like work for them mm-hmm. uh felix what's up if you really think about it though probably of all of the media-based industries where people like you know i'm not talking about comic books and i'm not talking about movies and i'm not talking about tv shows necessarily but like probably the industry that's most ready in terms of its fan base and in terms of like how it behaved in terms of releasing content, being a gatekeeper for its content. The video game industry is probably most prepared for this because most people sit at home and they don't play with other people and they they sit in their own little bubbles, vestibules, and play games. But at the same time, when they did these media junkets like E3, E3 was a a three-day weekend where they had an exhibition, right? Or three, and it was in the middle of the week. It'd be three days mm-hmm. in the middle of the week ex- exhibition, where where originally it was developers of the industry to see, um, play the games, and then also like get a chance at like viewing them, you know. But it's the way that junkets evolved. It kind of started. It, it started. They started to do a thing where they would hold. They didn't hold the the news 
uh, of new games during the event, they held, started holding it ahead of it. And I don't know if it was always like that or if it became that. But if the it, keynotes are always the weekend before the show itself. And, and this is what I'm saying. So, like, that uh, model was already structurally ready for this pandemic because we already consumed it all through the online. We would we would go watch those events through an online medium to see what the hell was coming out. We got hype for it. We enjoyed it. Whether the convention went on or not was irrelevant. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Because we got the content injected into our brains remotely from home. So like, Yeah, there was always like the E three time of the year when people would drop a lot of those trailers and get us all excited online for these things, you know? Not even um Around the same time of the year, Sony had the PlayStation experience in December for the past couple of years. So you're definitely right about us being us as gamers being prepared for this because of how we just stream content, watch trailers, kind of consume this. Yeah, re- our, this our receiving, our receiving of the yeah, vibe, yeah, our receiving of the content is 100 percent already prepared for a convention, both in in the what we consume and like how we learn about the new shit to consume. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually quite fascinating. I didn't really think of it from a business standpoint that it was already structurally set up and prepared for this. That's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the video game industry planned the, the COVID. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> we don't want to be a platform for well, any. So now, this isn't a pandemic, people. This isn't a pandemic. <laughs> oh, my God. So, but, but, but actually, kind of dovetailing off of that, this has actually affected the industry a lot more because we're seeing more delays and we're watching developers actually struggle to get a lot of these games out on time, right? Like, like a lot of these games have been delayed strictly because of the difficulty of working through, through the vi- like the pandemic. Um, a lot of people have to work at home now. All these things are being like, you watch the Xbox showcase, like they've done two already this summer. Uh, all these guys are filming from like their offices, it's like their home offices and bedrooms and stuff, like presenting this stuff. Like this is, I'm sure this has been a very difficult thing to work for, work through. Um, just in general, um, yeah, it's got to be. There's one other thing I want to say. One one other thing that press have had to deal with is, for example, with like Cyberpunk um, at E3. Normally, you would get a behind a behind closed doors gameplay demo that you get to play, right? A lot of these a lot of these upcoming games let you do that, like it's like E3. So what they're doing now is they're letting press connect via a Stadia like service, like a cloud service that lets them actually play for an allotted amount of time so they can get that experience and uh, write about it for the public, you know, and talk about it, uh, the behind closed doors experience. So I find that really interesting that we're now pivoting to this like digital industry where nobody has to leave their office. Like everyone can just be sitting at their desk and then doing the, all the work that they want to do trip. Well, that's the start of, a, of another fun kind of part of this conversation, like how those things that are convention based have shifted because of the pandemic. Like you said, one of those ways is direct access to an exclusive demo kind of streamed to people's homes, like relevant uh, influencers, whatever title you want to use, you know, they get access to play this and still have a similar experience. But again, you're home, you're safe. You're not doing this at a convention. You're doing this from your office, you know, specifically. Um, I can think of another way this has uh, been affected by uh, the access to demos because something that we lose a lot of access to during conventions is the ability to play these games by the public, right? Like there's a uh, like indie alleys where all the indie games you have access to, you can walk around and, and try any game out. You can you know stand in line for. And I think it was on uh, on Game Pass actually. There was a period of time, like a weekend, a couple of weekends ago, I forget the exact dates, where like hundreds of demos of indie games were available to download and to play and to try essentially to replicate this indie alley experience for yourself at home to try mm-hmm. these things out. And if you had time, you could play literally hundreds of games and yeah, try them a, all out. It's a pretty, yeah. Jeff Keeley tried to do something last year during the game, sh- the game award show where any games, like any game you see on our stage, you can like play on steam today. Like he teamed up with valve to like release all these like nice game demos that you could play for like the weekend, the weekend of like the game awards. Um, right. Yeah. Very similar thing. Uh, yeah, and, and like tomorrow, as of recording, the tomorrow Thursday, um, Jeff Keighley has his uh, opening night live where he'll be showcasing a lot more games, a la our digital our digital experience that we that we have here. I'm sure we'll talk about that, like what what they talk about next week. Mm-hmm. But um, we're we're like running into. I think what ended up happening though, whereas instead of everything being like condensed into like that one week 
of E3. We're getting it a lot more spread out now. Like, it's been all summer we've been getting, like, random game announcements. Like, Devolver did it one week, then we had two, we had two Xbox conferences already like like showcases already we had two sony ones already nintendo every other week has been dropping like little mini directs like little 10 15 minute segments of games and stuff so it's like we're getting a lot more spread out now it's not all like condensed uh yeah i don't know one of you you guys talk i think that's just a side effect of a company pivoting Mm -hmm. that hasn't had to pivot like that before you know, like the benefit of having all of these um, in-person conventions and this yearly kind of cadence is there's a very clear line uh, and date as to when things needed to be ready and what needed to be shown. And now all that was thrown into the wind and you had to scramble to figure out what I'm showing, what demos are going to happen, what's available to public, to press, whatever. Are we ready to talk about this? Um, it's funny you mentioned Nintendo because Nintendo, I think, was the only company that would have been ready for this day one. Like if you flipped the right. pandemic switch and said, uh, everything is now online. You have, you've got to communicate. What is your year ready to communicate? Nintendo would be like, yeah, dude, we got all these directs like automatically set up. It's just like a thing we've been doing. We've been just releasing videos to the public for yeah, but, literally years. Sorry, Felix, not to like say something, but, but, but ironically, Nintendo has been the most silent with their first parties. We've gotten two major game releases from them this year, animal crossing and paper Mario. Like there are no other major Nintendo releases that we know of for the holiday, like at all. There are still rumors of an, a Mario collection coming out with like the galaxies and the sunshine or whatever, and maybe a remaster of, of those games. Other than that, we don't know what Nintendo's holiday looks like at all. Like they haven't had like another big major direct show showing off what the switch has for us now in the news. I mean, I'm not to like do news talk. There are rumors of a new switch coming out next year, a newer, like faster model but other than that like they've been pretty quiet felix sure i mean Inten- nope. it wouldn't be nintendo without you know making a really good decision and then a really poor decision so they're good at communicating and we're pivoted to communicate perfectly in a pandemic but are they going to use it to talk about what they should be talking about who knows yeah i mean it makes you think about how ready they were for this year or how much they've been affected by the the covid yeah. virus yeah felix, sorry felix no i was just gonna uh just uh uh, piggyback on that. There we go. We're looking for that. Um, <laughs> we found it. Uh, I was just going to say, Devolver Digital doesn't really have to pivot. They always just produce this really long, elaborate like thing that is released in video form that you can watch online, but mm-hmm. never in person. <laughs> right. Well, oh, Devolver oh. also has the benefit of having multiple developers because they're just a publisher for all these. Right, guys. right, right. They publish the for games. all their games. Right. Yeah. So, but they never, um, you know, they're they're never at an at the event really. It's just this like weird video presentation of all their games coming out from their multiple developers that are part of their label, and that, that's yeah. it. You know, um, but it's it's neat. I I don't know. I think it's kind of neat. Oh, man, I'm such a weird. Hermit. Do you like this hermit, new dude. world of like video game announcements better? Yeah, I'm very comfortable with this. I'm like, I don't want to have to leave. Just send it all to me Fuck you. i mean it's definitely made doing our show a lot more convenient yeah right you know i miss this you guys I, kinda, I miss you guys but not really right now you know it's great it's a fun time seeing you right now i'm seeing you right now but yeah our this ourselves was a pivot you know yeah we had to do it too yeah um like i said i'm still pivoting in terms of my stream life because i haven't figured mm-hmm. out how to to jet uh jumpstart that you know like uh i was gonna say jet set it <laughs> yeah. jet set your own stream baby jet, get, my, get my stream going worldwide baby jet mm-hmm. setting um no i just uh i still don't know how to make it happen like i'm i'm actually been comfortable playing games without be having an audience for a while you know um, yeah, you're having to rethink yeah. your relationship with it. But you would think that this would be that would be the most adaptable thing because it is remote and alive, and you know I'm not talking in person to anyone when I'm doing that, you know. Um, but you mm-hmm. know, the the work life balance is a difficult thing. That's sure when it comes down to it. Yeah, hundred percent. So in terms of uh, of more pivoting, I know you mentioned this briefly, uh, yeah, but we have um, Jeff Keeley having his event uh, literally tomorrow, as of our recording here. Uh, opening night live is the event that we have tomorrow for the Gamescom event. Um, funny enough, like like the downfall of E three starting last year, this started last year too, 
as an event that he wanted to put together before Gamescom to just highlight trailers and do some more game announcements in August. And now this is kind of becoming the show. You know, like everyone's very excited for opening night live tomorrow. We're going to see what Jeff Keighley has in store. Um, and Gamescom itself has kind of taken like a backseat, I think, at least in terms of hype to these kind of events. Now, I was on Gamescom's website. They do have uh, some in-person events. There's like cosplay contests. I think there's panels uh, that are viewable. But of co- again, it's all online. If you want to view this content, you got to go to the site. You've got to be there. You've got to watch it uh, like you would be there, but it's, it's available to you if you wanted to do that, which is pretty cool, you know? Right. And I wonder if that in general gets more eyes in front of it. Let them, let them, let's say, cause like, I don't know. Do, do you, do, do you get more benefit out of having an E3 week where everyone goes, this is the week and we all know it's the week or multiple dates spread out across the year of like, like what do you, what is more beneficial? Like I know the, the PS five reveal like hardware event that was large. Like that got so many views just alone mm-hmm. because of the hardware reveal. Um, I wonder what's more beneficial of the, of these companies, like doing it on their own time or, or using that. Like, I think Sony already realized like by pulling out of E3 that it's more beneficial to just do it themselves. But I don't know. I'm just throwing that question out there to see if that's like, that's a good one. I have an answer. Do you have anything Felix or should I, should I rip? I have an opinion uh, at least. Well, I, I was just, this is a reference to what f- financial benefit for, some of these things um, in terms of like reachability, like somebody quoted online that like for the $30 Mulan sales release that Disney's going to do where you're able to watch Mulan exclusively from home and you don't have to go to a theater to watch it at all. They're dropping it for right. $30. And somebody said that's like 60 million people. I think the number was 60 million subscribers. If all, like even a third of them paid I can't remember what they said, but I think even a third of them paid thirty dollars for that. That's going to end up being like <laughs> like more money than what Disney would make if Mulan went to the theater. <laughs> sure, wow! Like just That's to, insane. Just to put it in financial perspective and reachability perspective, yeah. Like you know, like the numbers are you're going directly to people. That's if people are are trained to find it that way. That's the difficult part here because. What about all the people who are who are are tragic victims of the digital divide who don't have internet? Um, I think I was I was listening to a guy talk about schools and I believe Ohio, but I, I can't remember. It was on NPR, and he was saying that thirty percent. He was talking about school, and he was saying thirty percent of his students in this rural Ohio like school district don't have access to the internet. Like, so there's a there's a shit ton of. A, shit ton of dollars that they're not going to get from the people who can't get the internet, but it's probably a sustainable business. If you're going directly to all the people who do have the internet, if they're trained to go to it, do you see what I'm saying? If they know that's the only way they're going to get their content. Right. I don't know if that answers your Hmm. question. I don't know if that's, would you, would you, uh, it was quite what he was asking, but it's, it's all relevant. It's completely (laughs) off topic. Wasn't it (laughs) like accessing the data? Uh, uh, Neil was asking like, the yearly cadence like does it help does it help that they're all spread apart or was it better to receive information knowing that it's like the time it's like the month when it all happens um and i thought you were talking about in person versus digital i thought that's what you were talking about well i mean that's the whole conversation in general and i think digital is definitely a benefit through a thousand different ways but to answer your question specifically neo um i think people are more prepared and deliver content better when they know when that's supposed to happen. And I think if this is the way things are happening in the future, um, which they will be right, because there's so many benefits uh, to digital presentation, just the convenience of it. First of all, is, is one factor. The ability to interface with people more directly is another factor. There's so many reasons why it's a benefit, but I think as, as this becomes, you know, normal, I think people are going to kind of make their own cadence again to kind of recreate some of these events. And I think that's going to where be where things kind of line up and help people prepare for those like goal dates. You know, it's probably not going to shift too much. It'll probably still be like, you know, like early June will be a game announcement time of the year. You know, like the summer will have a lot of announcements. Um, NVIDIA always does their graphics cards around this time of the year. You know, like that's not going to change. I think that we're going to fall into this very, very natural cadence just without the, 
the forced in-person-ness. I think one benefit from this is that these companies get to own their own news cycles as well. So Sony does their presentation. All the news that week is speculation. Sony, what, what to see in Sony's conference. All that is like they own that week, right? Mm-hmm. Same with like Xbox. They own the week whenever they're doing their thing. Like any of these companies get to own their own news cycle rather than share it with the same space as E3. Because mm-hmm. E3, it's everybody together at the same time. Your product may get lost in the mix. That indie developer may get lost. But Devolver, doing their own presentation on their own week, you get to showcase that developer and boom, they have their own little highlight hotspot that where they would have probably gotten lost in the mix. Um, sure. So there's definitely a, a benefit, a huge benefit there of having this kind of spread like nature yeah. to, the, to these shows. But I feel people like having dates and things to get ready for. You know, like think about holidays, mm-hmm. like not even game related, just like a holiday. E3, E3 is a gamer holiday, right? That's, That's like, right. That's that was the a gamer holiday. You know, it's like something to look forward to. It's something that kind of like anchors your year from a certain perspective. So I think people are going to gravitate towards like just those weighted months where a lot of these releases happen at the same time or announcements, I should say. They probably mm-hmm. will still all obviously control their own narratives and announcements this won't be like a collective event they're all going to digitally participate in but it'll be like you know june will roll around next year and then like sony will drop a whole bunch of news maybe they'll have a a branded event xbox will do the same thing you know like we'll have these things that'll happen because people naturally want it to happen in june if that kind of makes sense like it just like the natural feeling time for these kind of yearly announcements for games and things Uh uh-huh no 100 percent for sure um i think honestly like i wonder if like once this whole thing like kind of blows over like do we see a shift back to like the old style or is this just our new new future of, of i mean how I think we receive news and our people are going to want to come back together for sure yes. so i think things like packs will be very very big um but in terms of news and uh, preparing information for consumers about your product, it's all going to be digital. Like there's going to be no reason to wait for an event for anything really. You know, they'll do when they're ready. It'll be like consumer fun, uh, not company driven conventions will be gigantic. And then like all the official stuff is going to go right to consumers. That's that's will will we see like PlayStation experience again, like a, like Sony branded event or like BlizzCon or QuakeCon. I mean, I think BlizzCon is like an established thing at this point, you know, like going back years and years and years. I don't know if I see Sony continuing to invest in that, especially as it was something that was relatively new compared to the Mm -hmm. other events. So I think it all, they only did it like three years. Yeah. It it hasn't been like a mainstay like BlizzCon has. I think BlizzCon, as long as Blizzard doesn't fuck themselves over with the way they handle their company, I think because of just like the nostalgia factor and like, you know, the gamer cred, I hate to use that word, but like, that's like a thing that everyone knows, right? Blizz it's BlizzCon time. I think that survives. I think, like I said, PAX survives like Comic-Con survives because those are pillars. Those are pillars of like convention, uh, of the culture. Culture. Yeah. Thank you. That's exactly what I wanted. But like beyond that, I think it's going to fall solely on the digital and be up to people to make their own events. So uh, another thing I've been noticing too, since we're leading up to this, is a really awkward year for new console generations to launch mm-hmm. because of because of the situation. Like super awkward. Like at, by June of twenty twelve or whenever these the other consoles came out we knew the prices already we knew what to expect for the holiday we still don't know the prices pre-orders are still not going up the launches are probably within three months looking at the calendar probably within three months i thought you could pre-order the playstation that was i think that was a not yet yeah there was an email going out today for like like for priority for members you can get like a mailing list but um I yeah, I saw, it was a, a joke. I saw a link to this like mailing list thing, and people were like, "This might be your best chance to pre-order." And I just, I'm not going to even go down that road at all. There's like been yeah, no yeah. announcement or talk about any of this at all. So, as far as I know, we still have it's, no idea, one way or the other. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm with you on that one, trip. Like, it's not official yet. Like, announce your price so people can pre-order it. And I believe that's some sort of like consumer law where you need, like, if you want people to pay for something, you ha- they have to there has to be an established price for a thing before you can actually like put money on it. Right. Like you can't just, 
Just oh, put no, money no, down I know, a yeah, thing yeah, with it. I know exactly what you're price. talking about. Yeah, you can't pre-order something unless there's a price. They can't, like... That's, so, that's to keep snake oil salesmen from robbing people. Right. Okay, cool. There, that is a, oh, it's a legit thing. That's nice. Um, but it's weird, though, because, like, we don't... Like, we don't know how this holiday's going to plan out. A lot of games that were supposed to be on launch have already been delayed into next year, right? Like, like because of because of the COVID situation, development has been been tumultuous to say the least and now we just don't know what the launch lineups are going to look like for these consoles like more or less like maybe spider-man miles morales will be on ps5 but like that's the only thing like i guess we can confirm right now aside from a few other third-party titles like that's fucking dlc anyway shut up it's not it's gonna be a game (laughs) it'll be a good game yeah (laughs) but i think it's curious we don't know yeah yeah, I saw I saw an article today on Kotaku that was like just cancel the launch of these consoles this year. Wait, wait a year. Make it a better launch for everybody. Like was essentially the premise of the article, right? Because right. It, it listed all the things that we're dealing with, like nationally and across the internationally. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said just delay it, make it easier on everybody. This is clearly hard. It's no, it's no hard feelings. Like, well, the, the, our feelings won't be hurt. The big, I don't think anyone would care, honestly. Well, the, no, no, I, I mean, so I think the, the biggest worry of the companies for delaying it is that there's going to be more and more people laid off and there's going to be less people who can afford to buy a console. <laughs> uh, that was another thing that that article made a point of. Yeah. It was like people are most a lot of the country is unemployed right now. And it's like, who is going to be buying a luxury item like a new console? Like that is a luxury item straight up. Like, are you going to pay rent or buy a PlayStation 5? Like just just feel so good. That's pretty much the long, the long, the longer we're in this, in this pandemic, the harder it's going to be for everybody for sure. Um, that's another thing that I'm like really looking forward to seeing how this black Friday season turns out, because is it going to, is it going to be the same madness? Like we've always witnessed, or is it going to be a little bit quieter? Can can you imagine black Friday this year? And if you, you know, you know, the videos I'm talking about where people are like, Mm going mad in these in like walmart's and targets and best to get to like a tv first yeah yeah no one's gonna be observing six feet of distance like <laughs> holy shit mm-hmm. and these companies are gonna like they like they they want to make money off of the black friday sales right that's that's like a good time for them but if they can only let like 10 people into their like department store you know what i mean like I, I'm, I'm i'm just throwing numbers out there but like you, right. you get what i'm saying though like they're going to have to limit the amount of people that can come in. They're not going to be able to have those door busting deals like we like we're familiar with. That's going to be a while. I can't wait till November to see what that's, that looks like. Yeah, that the discussion that week should be uh, real fun. Oh you my can, god, uh, I can't wait to see this. Conference. You can you can door bust at noon. <laughs> yeah, after you waited in line behind fifty two people. hour wait time, only, only yeah. five people fighting at a time. Please yeah. maintain social distance. Uh, please, please, please re- refrain from fighting as a crowd. Yes, um, ex- exactly. Well, unless you guys have to add anything, um, I think we're good here. Any final thoughts before we uh, take it home? Uh, I'm definitely good. Felix, what's up? Fan dumb. Fan dumb. <laughs> if you don't know and you are just one of our listeners, Felix are good on our live broadcasts on uh, twitch.tv slash emergent underscore gamer. Uh, Felix likes to put himself uh, in different uh, situations, scenarios, pictures, backgrounds using his green screen. He put himself in front of the DC fan dome logo, but wrote dumb <laughs> over the word dome. Because- I didn't write it. I found it online. Somebody's clever, more clever than me. Well, it's still the sentiment. Fandom. That, and then it says, you can't see it behind me. Behind me, it says, um, hold on. Here it is. It says, a crappy experience. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that Deadpool sitting in that chair? I think so. It might be Deadpool. This might be Deadpool. He's like, not even DC. This might be a thing put out by Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. I didn't even know what site I grabbed it from. But no. Oh, my God. There it is. Yeah. Well, there you have it. But you have to look forward to it if you tune into us on Wednesday nights live on Twitch. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have been uh, Trip Zero. You guys can find me on twitch.tv slash Trip Zero TV. Thank you for listening. Uh, all of my socials are exactly the same at Trip Zero TV. I'm very, very easy to find. Uh, currently 100%ing Breath of the Wild. And then uh, we'll be doing that up until Tony Hawk uh, 1 and 2 remaster comes out. I'm very excited to play that as well. And that's the immediate uh, content lineup. Neo. 
I've been Neo Yoshi. You can follow me at Twitter at Neo underscore Yoshi, twitch.tv slash Neo Yoshi. This Sunday, I'm doing a very special stream for the first time ever. I'm playing Star Wars Dungeons and Dragons with five of my friends, and we're going to be doing it live on my channel. Never done this before. Don't know how to play it. It's going to be a shit show, and I'm, I'm here for it. I'm excited, and I hope you guys will be too. And this is Felix Hergood. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, catch me Twitter Felix Hergood, uh, Twitch.tv slash Felix Hergood. When I get back to streaming, uh, I think in the possible future, my plan is to come back two nights a week and then one day stream, uh, which would be in the morning. So I don't know when that's going to happen, but I'll get back to you when I can stabilize my schedule, which still is not stable. Um, case in point, guys, like. Today, I was supposed to only work until 6, but now my schedule, they're suddenly putting me on until 7 on Wednesdays. So that's why I keep getting crammed every week. Uh, yeah, nothing to stay always, in my work life. Always fun. Work, work life is not in balance right now, people. So I'll be back. I don't know when. All right. Well, All right, uh, we'll, we'll see, see you next week, week for another discussion. Have a good one. Later. Later. Wait. Sorry, UMD, Universal Media Disc. Love to throw that one out there. Universal. It's very important. It's very, very important. Thin- that thing was supposed to be the Universal Media Disc. All media is on this disc. It's Universal. Oh, I remember that. I thought Universal meant it could be used in a lot of different circumstances. I think that's the iron. That is what that's that means. Irony. It still couldn't be used in, in anything. It's, it's an carry, ironic title. Didn't carry anything universally, format-wise. Couldn't be used anywhere universally, format-wise. Just for the PSPs. That's extremely it. limited singular media disc. <laughs> that doesn't really roll off the tongue as well though. So